The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Just moments ago on Twitter, Elon Musk just dropped part six of the Twitter files. Matt Taibbi is publishing them, and there are some bombshells. Documents prove the FBI was directly colluding with Twitter to shut down our speech. In just two years, Twitter's top censorship chief had over 150 emails from the FBI. 150. That's the kind of close relationship we call friends with benefits. His inbox was filled with emails like this. FBI San Francisco is notifying you the below accounts may potentially constitute violations of Twitter's terms of service. Really? Was Twitter working for the FBI or was the FBI working for Twitter? I don't know. They were certainly in, in bed together. That was uh, Jesse from uh, Friday evening just as... Uh I guess batch six was being released. I see on Twitter just now, number seven is off and running. We'll keep our eyes on that as the day unfolds. But what a revelation, an incestuous relationship between these social media uh, monitors, police, whatever you want to call them, and then the FBI. And then to hear commentators on the left saying that, well, it was just 150 emails over two years. I mean, that's really not that many. Or, or then to look at the coverage or lack thereof over the weekend, aside from Fox News. That's it. They just don't have anything to say. Evidently, it's just fine for the FBI to be orchestrating a censorship program aimed at Donald Trump and conservatives. Just blot it out. Blot it out. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on this good Monday morning. There's lots to get to on today's show, even though it's probably going to be a, a relatively slow week for news, as most people are vacationing at this time of year. But we will be, we will be on the job this next week and, and the week after as well. So we appreciate you joining us. You can get to our live video stream through the, uh, the website, thetrumpet.com. Just go to thetrumpet.com forward slash live. And uh, you can also just go to the website to watch the podcast after the fact, on demand, if that's what you prefer. So the Twitter files, part six, we'll have to wait on part seven. Let me just give you, let me whet your appetite. This is, I guess, going to be published by Michael uh, Schellenberger. The FBI and Hunter, the Hunter Biden laptop. It says how the FBI and the intelligence community discredited factual information about Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings both after and before the New York Post revealed the contents of his laptop on October 14th, 2020. So they were working, the deep state was working even before the Post published these bombshell revelations, October 14th, 2020, and, and your FBI was orchestrating a disinformation campaign, preparing Twitter and Facebook and all the others. Now, just so that you know, there's some, there's some information that's about to hit the airwaves, and it's going to be about Hunter Biden's laptop or about the Biden fa family and some of Hunter's dealings overseas. And it has all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. So you better be ready. 
Mark Zuckerberg, again, Twitter's rightfully, rightfully so, Twitter's getting a lot of attention from those on the right at the moment. But don't forget, don't forget what Mark Zuckerberg admitted to Joe Rogan. I forget when this was. Maybe you can fast forward and just play the uh, Zuckerberg uh, montage. There was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New York Post. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us. Some some folks on our team. I was like, hey, um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of of um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. If something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation. We we also have this third party fact checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being um, being determined whether it was false. Um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but so fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely by what percentage. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's 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 meaningful. We but, just kind of thought, hey, look, if, if the FBI, which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, it's like very professional law enforcement. They come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I No, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was it basically fit the pattern. The FBI came to us and told us to be ready for this. And look, he still takes the FBI seriously. I mean, who wouldn't? There's a lot, there's a lot at stake here for these multi-billion dollar companies. They, they're trying to win favor from the government for obvious reasons so that they can grow their business and, and have favor coming to them from D.C. But then the FBI, too, for its part, just calling up Facebook. This is Facebook, not Twitter. Facebook. And you notice what Zuckerberg said there. Look, we, uh, you know, we saw all the Russian meddling in 2016. That's what this goes back to. And the release of batch six, the, the, the release of that, that, that batch Friday night, all roads lead to guess who? Barack Hussein Obama. Now, he's not mentioned. He's not mentioned anywhere. But this date, 2016, you'll remember in the lead up to the 2016 election when Obama was out there saying, oh, there's no way, there's no way one of our uh, elections could ever be hacked. It's too decentralized and yada, yada, yada. Then Trump pulls off the miracle. Somehow Donald Trump wins and immediately Barack Obama changes his tune and says that, well, yeah, it actually was hacked. And it benefited Donald Trump. This is how Trump won the 2016 election. In other words, Trump stole the election with Vladimir Putin's help. So you know about everything going on. We've covered it before on this show. That as the Obama administration was leaving office there in the, early, the late part of 2016, early 2017, he was expanding the powers of the surveillance state so that they could continue with their spying and investigating all things Trump. But we now know that they were also weaponizing the deep state in order to censor. It wasn't just a matter of spreading disinformation. 
or, or spreading, spreading content about the Russian collusion hoax. It was also about blotting out Donald Trump. It worked along that parallel. Get, get the disinformation out there. Spread the lies. Spread the propaganda. But then also, you got to make sure that you're blotting out those people that are telling the truth. This is from Matt Taibbi. He said, Friday, the FBI's social media-focused task force, the FBI's, listen to this, the FBI's social media-focused task force, they call it the FTIF. It's got a nice little acronym. It says, created in the wake of the 2016 election. That, this is Obama. This is the Obama DOJ. Remember Bill Barr in 2019. He was coming in to clean this up. He never did do it, did he? He covered up the laptop story, among other things. So this is Obama's deep state. He had thoroughly, by this point, it's the end of his second term, he had thoroughly weaponized the DOJ, the FBI, the IRS, the, the DHS, all of them. So he's got this FTIF, created in the wake of the 2016 election. You see, Trump stole the election. These are election deniers, all of them. It's just 2016 that they deny. The, the last one was perfect because they stole it. 2016 election, it swelled to 80 agents and corresponded with Twitter to identify alleged foreign influence and election tampering of all kinds. 80 agents in this task force? And at the same time, as we noted last week, you have all of this, this child pornography, pornography just proliferating all over Twitter, and yet 80 agents at the FBI working with Twitter executives. It's unbelievable. Just the level of, of lawlessness. And it still goes on. Some of the, the, the latest communications between the FBI and the Twitter execs was in November, just before Elon Musk bought the company. It was, it was going on up until a few weeks ago. And now it's being revealed, all this corruption. It says federal intelligence and law enforcement reach into Twitter included the Department of Homeland Security, which partnered with security contractors and think tanks to pressure Twitter. This is Matt Taibbi's words to pressure Twitter to moderate content. And like you just heard there from Zuckerberg, I mean, if the FBI calls and says, hey, you better do something about this, what company is going to say, forget about this. You know, we're running our company, thank you very much. I mean, added to this, they all think the same way. The left-wing executives in Silicon Valley and all of the left-wing deep state operatives working in Washington, D.C., they're just cut from the same cloth. It's all springing from the spirit of Antiochus. America under attack. The 800 number, once again, 1-866-930-3024. There's no cost, no obligation. Powerful book explaining everything that you need to know about what's happening in the United States at this time, right at this moment. So it all goes back to the election of 2016. That would be the outgoing Obama administration. They created the Russia hoax. They tried to say that Donald Trump was a Russian operative. They spied on him and his campaign. They harassed him. They stole documents. Jim Comey helped himself to FBI files. Then he leaked them to the New York Times. 
Nobody's been prosecuted for these things. Nobody's really even been investigated. It's just here, here the January 6th committee is getting together today for their final meeting before they lose control of the House to suggest that Donald Trump, yes, Donald Trump should be prosecuted. We're recommending a criminal referral. He's guilty of insurrection. That's going to get all kinds of headlines today. And meanwhile, there's this. Barack Obama is exposed for weaponizing the DOJ to attack political opponents, to persecute political enemies, to bring down the United States of America, all established in the wake of the 2016 election? Or Zuckerberg, for his version, says, well, we got a call from the FBI, and they said, look, the 2016 election was stolen. The Russians were meddling in that, so we're just trying to warn you this time around to not fall for this. They used social media last time. This is quite the manipulation going on from the FBI, and they've got 80 agents working at this task force. Pressure Twitter to moderate content. Agencies like the FBI and DHS regularly sending social media content to Twitter through multiple entry points pre-flagged for moderation. Pre-flag, yeah. There, here's one you need to moderate. Here's one you need to put a warning next to. Here's one you need to blot out. We probably don't know the half of it here, just to the extent that these agents were working with the Twitter execs. But this is from Friday evening. We'll see later today what's coming from batch number seven. More on the Hunter Biden laptop cover-up. Your FBI. In November of this year, as I said, FBI agents sent a long list of accounts to the San Francisco field office, and that's important. That was sort of the, you know, the, uh, the headquarters for this operation. It's right there in the midst of Silicon Valley. And you've got agents there that specialized in the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. And here they are now carrying out this censorship operation. Covertly, they never thought that this, this would be exposed. 80 agents. Yeah, let's get rid of this one. They suggested right-side broadcasting just a few weeks ago. You need to ban right-side. That's just a, a low-budget, basically a broadcasting, uh, a YouTube bro or an internet broadcasting. They probably work more with Rumble now. That just went around and, and filmed a lot of Donald Trump's rallies. Got to get rid of that. We've got to blot him out. All of this going on without any kind of warrant, without anything from a judge, a court, nothing. It was just the deep state saying, get rid of it. And as you heard from Mark Zuckerberg, I mean, that, that brings with it quite a lot of pressure. When the FBI, I still look at the FBI as a, le a legitimate institution, say all of the people who, who used to be ones that never did trust the FBI or the DOJ, look at how it's flopped. I mean, people used to say, you know, bring truth to government, truth to power. We're not going to be so quick to just uh, believe everything that the government says. Now you just have a few voices today that are sounding the alarm, like what's in America Under Attack. Everyone else, they're all in bed with the deep state. They, they're fine with the communist insurrection, the, the takeover of the United States. Listen again to Jesse Waters from uh, Friday Night, Clip 16. There were a few Russian bots in 2016, remember the bots, that Hillary said cost her the election? So the FBI 
reacted this way. They cranked up a task force with 80 agents assigned to Twitter headquarters. 80 agents. The FBI had more agents at Twitter than Twitter had lobbyists in D.C. The FBI taking in-person meetings every week, handing over lists of names to censor to Twitter over lunch. This was happening as late as November 5th of this year. All this was going down while former FBI agents were working at Twitter and the former top lawyer at the FBI was Twitter's top lawyer, James Baker. You know, the guy who killed the Hunter laptop and let loose the dossier. And when Elon Musk said he didn't buy a company, he bought a crime scene. He wasn't kidding. He wasn't kidding. That's for sure. James Baker, right in the mix. Elvis Chan. He was the one running the FBI office in San Francisco. Julie Kelly says about this Chan character, cannot be said enough. Elvis Chan was involved in FBI discussions in 2016 between Perkins Coie's Michael Sussman and CrowdStrike to try to legitimize phony Russian hack DNC email story. Chan is the FBI's channel to Twitter and other big tech companies. How are all these, these Barack Obama operatives, how, how do they keep popping up? This Chan fellow, I mean, this goes all the way back to the DNC hack in the summer of 2016. They made it up. They made it up. It was an inside job. It was a Democrat hack on the Democrat National Committee. But they blamed it on the Russians. And that sort of established the narrative all through 2016 that Donald, Donald Trump is a Russian agent. And then when he won, then they went all the way with it. They went over. Now it's time to use the dossier. Now it's time to get the, the spy warrants so that we can find these crimes. Now it's time to expand the surveillance state massively. And now it's time to establish this task force because uh, there was too much disinformation in 2016. 80 agents at this field office or working together with the Twitter execs. Working on this full time, Matt Taibbi says, the Twitter exec writes, she explicitly asked if there were impediments. This is exchanges between Twitter ex execs and FBI. This Twitter exec asked if there were any impediments <coughs> to the sharing of classified information with industry. The answer, FBI was adamant no impediments to sharing existed. What a wonderful relationship these two had. No, the FBI says, there's no impediments. Look, we'll give you some classified info if we need to. We'd really like the info to some of these users. Maybe you can give us that. Just to read between the lines here. This is unbelievable that this was happening as late as November 5 this year, just a few weeks back. It says here, this passage underscores the unique and one big happy family vibe between Twitter and the FBI. With what other firm would the FBI blithely agree to no impediments to classified information? Do you think the FBI just bounces around the country saying, hey, 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 no obstacles here to top secret information? We're working together on this. We're one and the same. That's what you see here from these communications. This is an attack on the United States of America. Taibbi says the ubiquity of the 2016 all roads lead to Obama, remember? Isn't it amazing that in all of these revelations, it, it's, it springs from those last months under Barack Hussein Obama's presidency, 
and yet nobody mentions Obama. Somehow his name gets erased from the narrative, from, from what's being exposed. The ubiquity of the 2016 Russian interference story, as stated, pretext for building out the censorship machine can't be overstated. It's analogous to how 9-11 inspired the expansion of the security state. Well, that's right. That's, after 9-11, then you've got the DHS was created. You, you loosen some of the standards regarding spying and that sort of thing because, well, we gotta find, uh, we've got to find the, the terrorists. And everybody seemed on board with it, but now look at where we are. Obama gets in there in 2009, and he turns it on his fellow Americans, this security state apparatus. And then, you know, social media is growing so huge during that time. And then by the end, he's got to weaponize social media, as well as the security state, the spies, everything. The deep state, whatever you want to call it. 2016 appeared in quite a few of those tweets from the sixth batch on Friday. A lot of mentions of 2016, no mention of Barack Obama, just the way the devil would like it to be. Taibbi says, instead of chasing child sex predators or terrorists, the FBI has agents, lots of them, analyzing the mass flagging social media posts, not as part of any criminal investigation, but as a permanent end-itself surveillance operation. People should not be okay with this, but evidently a lot of people are. They're okay with it. It's just kind of ho-hum, you know, yawn away over the weekend. They ignore it because they know it's so damning. This was the most damning batch of the Twitter files released to this point. We'll see what number seven amounts to later today. The FBI came out with this response. They know it's serious. You can tell just by the way they're trying to vaguely acknowledge it and try to say it's not really that big of a deal. The FBI's statement, it says, the FBI regularly engages with private sector entities to provide information specific to identified foreign malign influence actors, subversive, undeclared, covert, or criminal activities. Private sector entities independently make decisions about. So there's a little, I mean, there's certainly there's plausible deniability. Yeah, we, we did have some communication. Happens all the time, right? But look, in the end, it's their decision. I mean, we're not actually making the decision, the FBI says. But then you hear, you hear Zuckerberg's side of it. I got a call from the FBI. As far as I'm concerned, that's still a legitimate organization. And, you know, we take what the FBI says very seriously. Because, you know, the FBI is there to tell the truth, right? They're there to protect the country, right? Wrong. It was a censorship operation. The FBI knows how serious this is. And so here they come forward with this statement, now trying to cover their, their tracks. This is from Jeff Clark, a tweet. It says, 80 FBI agents working to make sure Trump didn't get elected? How could Bill Barr not have known? How could he not have stopped it, especially because he was posturing as if he were studying election irregularity problems? How could he not have known about this? Why didn't he stop it? He was warning the nation about uh, mass mail-in voting and how it just opens the door to massive amounts of fraud. He was warning the nation about that in the summer of 2020. And then he's sitting on the laptop at that time, the Hunter Biden laptop. 
there's still, still nothing has come from that. No invest, well, I guess there's an investigation of some kind, but no criminal referrals like we're probably going to hear about later this week for the bad orange man. For what? All this being revealed, exposed. Liz Wheeler, commentator, she says, understated bombshell in the Taibbi Twitter files today. FBI used fake Russia collusion hoax as justification to police speech on Twitter in the name of foreign interference. She gets close as far as connecting it to Obama. But she, at least she says it's connected to the fake Russia collusion story, the hoax. It's all connected to that. Anything that springs from that, do you think it's going to be healthy and good for the country? It's destroying the country. But, but listen, let's go all the way back to who's responsible. This is the spirit of Antiochus. This is Barack Obama. His fingerprints are all over this, but no one will say it. You, you just cannot go that far. You can, you can get right up to the doorstep, but don't cross, do not cross that threshold. Because he's Barack Obama. He's the dear leader. He sounds like an angel. Buck Sexton, he says, the FBI response to its own interference in 2016 election was to create a special office to police interference in the 2020 election, thus interfering in both elections. They've interfered in the last two presidential elections. And, and believe me, they learned... They learned from that, that, that razor-thin loss in 2016. They had the Russian interference, collusion. They had all that up and running. You know, Peter Strzok and his girlfriend, they were doing everything that they could to prevent the smelly Walmart shoppers from voting for Trump, to harass Trump and all things Trump as much as possible. There's no way he'll win. It's 100 million to one. No way. And then he wins. And then Barack Obama unleashes every power in government that he could to destroy Trump, to destroy his administration, to destroy his campaign, to lie about his, his collusion with Russia, to trigger all those investigations, to get all of those FISA warrants, and to set up this task force. FBI agents working seamlessly with the Twitter execs saying, look, we can't let 2016 happen again. And they sure didn't, did they? I quoted Buck Sexton there from his tweet. Here's what he said. I think this was with Jesse on Friday night as well. Clip 17. It seems the response of the FBI's massive failure in 2016 with regard to Russia collusion, the giant lie, the FISA warrants, all that stuff, Jesse, that you and I and everybody watching remembers, their response to meddling in all that in 2016, and I would argue, argue trying to obviously help Hillary or, or bring down Trump, uh, was to create an 80-person task force to do more election meddling the next time around, to, mm -hmm. to avoid misinformation. The FBI is not in the speech policing business, or rather shouldn't be in that business. And now we have the, the smoking gun evidence. You know, what was it? Two weeks ago, they were saying, it's not a First Amendment violation if it's just the Biden campaign telling them to bring down accounts. It's a big First Amendment violation when the equivalent of our secret police are telling a, a, public, a private company, you've got to get rid of these people and take action against them. This is crazy. Trump says some one, one little statement. 
suspend the Constitution to fix the election fraud from 2020, and they all respond in unison, he's trying to destroy the Constitution. And meanwhile, you've got these people led by Barack Obama actually destroying the Constitution. What's been revealed over the weekend is Barack Obama's unlawful campaign of censorship, lies, and disinformation. There's a war. There's a war right now in the United States of America. The, the war over the truth. Look at how easily these lies are disseminated. And look at what Barack Obama was doing and getting away with in 2016. And, and look at what he continues to do to this day. This was, this was Tucker Carlson over the weekend. It was some conservative conference. I don't know where it was. But listen to what he had to say uh, just in passing, clip one. I know every person in this room is terrified of some horribly destructive primary that hobbles the party and lets, you know, 83-year-old Joe Biden continue to can, can continue to allow Barack Obama to actually run the country. And um, that is a nightmare scenario. Continues to allow Barack Obama to, uh, to run the country. He's, he's running the country. He, cer he certainly is. And you can see, though, that it was kind of like a, a little bit of a casual mention, almost a joke in passing, and people moan or laugh a little bit. But Barack Obama is running the country. He's running the country. Speaking of lawlessness or shredding the Constitution, he's running it from his basement, just like he dreamed about doing with Stephen Colbert. Colbert's got 19, he's got 19 joke writers, by the way, working full-time. Sam and I were joking about this the other day, comparing it to our small but very dedicated and hard-working staff working on the Trumpet Daily. 19 full-time writers, and he can't come up with something funnier than what he's producing on a nightly basis? People know, coming back to what Tucker said, people know but they, they just won't go in for, wait a second, we're being attacked. This is unconstitutional. Something needs to be done about this. As it is, that's about as close as you'll get. Look at what's happening at the southern border. This is all orchestrated by Barack Hussein Obama. 55,000 migrants are heading for the border because Title 42 is about to be lifted uh, at midnight tomorrow evening. And, and so then another flood comes in on Wednesday morning. They're all waiting at the border because they know Wednesday there's less chance of them being sent back because of COVID protocol or bring, who knows what they're bringing into the country. During, the, during COVID, Donald Trump had a pretty good excuse there to say, no, we're keeping them out because we don't want them bringing sickness and disease into the country. But now it's being lifted. Some communist judge somewhere says, that's, that's really not lawful to do that anymore. So let's just open the door wide open and just let them all in. And they are. It's from Breitbart. It says, a Border Patrol intelligence alert warns the situation along the southwest border is expected to worsen as tens of thousands of migrants prepare to move to the United States border from southern Mexico. According to the source within CBP, the report sent via official email, advises Border Patrol agents 
that more than 40,000 migrants in southern Mexico may soon head north. The report reviewed by Breitbart indicates that the 30,000 migrants are believed to be staged in the Mexican state of uh, Chiapas along the Mexico-Guatemala border. The destination these migrants was not revealed. Well, just basically telling you what you already know. And, and finally, there's a few commentators coming around to it. They waited until after the midterms. They conveniently schedule it for right before the Christmas break. They talk about how serious this is. It's a real tragedy as people go on their vacations and then forget all about it by the, the turn of the year, the turn of the calendar year. It's really criminal what these people are getting away with, what they won't cover, what they will cover, when they cover it. It's also calculated. It's also, it's worse than bias. It's criminal, as I say. Listen to Martha Raddatz. She had a report on the, the immigration over the weekend, clip uh, three. You talk about open borders. I don't think I've ever heard President Biden say, we have an open border, come on over. But people I have heard say it are you, are former President Trump, or Ron DeSantis. That message reverberates in Mexico and beyond. So they do get the message that it is an open border, and smugglers use all those kinds of statements. Mm, so she finally acknowledges that there's a crisis, and guess whose problem, guess, who's, guess who's, whose fault it is? Guess who caused the problem? Well, of course, Donald Trump, somehow, someway. I mean, you have to be deranged, something serious, to look at what's happening and to conclude it's Donald Trump talking about the open, as if he, if he were to just keep quiet, none of them would come north. If he just didn't acknowledge that there's, there's an open border, him and his friend DeSantis or Greg Abbott, just stop talking about it and the problem goes away. Is that really what she thinks? This is peak stupidity we're, we're witnessing. There she is. Finally, they're, they're looking at what's happening in the border. They see it as a humanitarian catastrophe, and they still can't help themselves. Got to blame Trump. You know what? I've never, I've never heard, what does she say? I've never heard President Biden say, we have an open border, come on over. Well, let's listen to Joe Biden from 2019. This is clip four. Are you prepared to say tonight that you and President Obama made a mistake about deportations? Why should Latinos trust you? I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. I've never heard. I've never heard Biden, said Raditz. Never heard him say, you know, the door's open. You should come which is exactly what he said when he was campaigning for president, as he was trying to take it even further to the left than the way it was during the first two terms of Barack Obama. And here again, Obama's running the presidency at the moment. This is his third term. It's important that the border stays wide open. It's important that we overwhelm the system. It's important that we recruit millions and millions of Democrat voters in coming elections. Listen again to Martha Raddatz from her report, clip four, sorry, clip two. 
The migrants come from everywhere, some from countries with no way to repatriate. Meanwhile, waiting in the U.S. Do you know what Title 42 is? I spoke with two migrants who had just made the harrowing journey from Colombia and Peru. Well, he says he knew that, you know, that right now there's a little bit of a transition where Biden had some Trump policies still in place, but that Title 42 is about to change, so he wanted to kind of take advantage of that moment. There are the migrants saying we're trying to take advantage of the fact that Biden's lifting uh, or a judge together with Biden's uh, approval, the, the Title 42 is being lifted. They're, they're, it, right within her own report. This is the same segment where she says to Greg Abbott, now you and DeSantis and Trump, you talk about an open border. You shouldn't do that because it reverberates. And then in her same report, the migrants are there admitting, yeah, we're coming up to take advantage of the system. And Biden's been presiding over it, Joe Obama, I should say, for two years? That's right. They own this. And still, you've got the talking heads trying their best to provide cover. Listen to what Martha Raddatz said back in March of 2021. She's uh, well, she needs to remember this little segment. This is from a year and a half ago, clip five. This father who asked that we not show his face traveled to Mexico from Brazil with his wife and three young kids before crossing the border. Would you have tried to do this when Donald Trump was president? Definitely not. Definitely. We had the chance, you know, the, the same violence that is going on today was there last year. We used to watch the, the news and uh, I definitely won't do this. So did you come here because Joe Biden was elected president? Basically, basically. That's just three months into the fake presidency. And that guy said, absolutely not, I wouldn't have come up under the Trump years. And, and she, Martha Raddatz, so you came because of Biden. Yeah. Yeah, basically. I sure did. They know. The migrants know. They're not stupid. But all of these reporters think that you're stupid. You know, you and DeSantis and uh, Trump, you keep talking about the open border. And that talk reverberates. And so they're coming up by the tens of thousands because, because of talk that has reverberated. And the smugglers, you see, they hear the talk. It's unbelievable what passes for journalism these days. Listen to this one. This is over at CNN from over the weekend, clip six. Not only are these people getting in, we have all these people pondering when to pass. Most of them I've been uh, talking to, they are from Venezuela. They are telling me that some of them already tried to go in. Some of them are saying that once they get there, the agent tells them that this is not the right time. El señor agente me dijo que por lo menos esperara, que no perdiera mi tiempo entregándome porque me iban a sacar por la otra frontera. Que lo más correcto sería después del 21 para que tuviera una oportunidad de poder entrar. Por lo menos este, tengo un voto de esperanza para, más que todo, es para mis hijas. The agent, the border agent, tells him you'll have a better chance of staying in after December 21. This is about to happen. I mean, it's about to reach again peak level of catastrophe in just a couple days, and they're all admitting it. They're, they're telling reporters who will ask the right questions, I'm here because of Biden, and we're waiting for the deadline. 
to expire so that we can now move in and go wherever. And they are going wherever. They're being shipped all over the country. And, and not just by DeSantis and Abbott, by Biden. Biden is spreading them out all over the place as well. It's all part of the attack. Listen to this again, returning back to Raditz's report, clip seven. They are arriving in record-breaking numbers. Two million this year. Masses of migrants, families, children clinging to their mothers, forging rivers with little but the clothes on their backs. Roughly 2,500 migrants have crossed into El Paso every day this week, pushing the state to the brink. And that's before Title 42 is set to expire, when the Department of Homeland Security predicts the numbers along the southern border will swell to 18,000 a day. Wow, that's getting really bad because of what, what Donald Trump talks about on Truth Social. That was in the same report, the same segment, just, again, a catastrophe in the making. They're finally covering it, these people, and still spinning it a certain way. Listen to uh, the governor of California. Now, he's angling for a run at the presidency at some point, so as radical, as leftist, as communist as he is through and through, he's trying to say maybe the right things that would uh, attract a more moderate voter in a forthcoming presidential election. This is Gavin Newsom, clip 19. The fact is what we've got right now is not working and it's about to break in a post 42 world unless we take some responsibility and ownership. And I'm saying that as a Democrat, I'm not saying that to point fingers, I'm saying that as a father, I'm saying that as someone that feels responsible for being part of the solution and I'm trying to do my best here. Lifting 42, he says, is a, it's a breaking point. That's Gavin Newsom. That, that's not Ron DeSantis. That's not Greg Abbott. That's the governor of California. This is from ABC 10 in California. California is overwhelmed by immigration crisis. In an interview with ABC, Governor Newsom said the federal government is sending buses and planes of immigrants to California. The federal government, the feds. They're sending buses, planes full of migrants. And they're spreading all over California. It says here, in an interview with U.S.-Mexico border... Uh, with ABC News, Governor Gavin Newsom said the federal government should be doing more to address the immigrant crisis. The federal government, this is quoting Newsom, is sending more and more flights and more and more buses directly here to California because this state is doing what no other state's doing. There's all kinds of sanctuary cities there. I mean, it's a sanctuary state. This is, the, this is straight out of the communist playbook. Yeah, just let them in. They should be able to roam freely. No problem. And now even they... These left-wing governors, or the left-wing mayor of New York City, they're sounding the alarm. It's, it's, the, this is not El Paso, you know, right there on the border. This is all across California, New York City. They're sending more and more flights, says Governor Newsom. And that's absorbing and, and, and protecting and preserving our values. Uh, well, that, that's, uh, sorry, I'm mixing quotes here. Newsom said the state is overwhelmed. We're already at capacity, and nine of our sites, at nine of our sites, he says, we can't continue to fund all these sites because of the budgetary pressures now being placed on this state. Is America, forget about the attack for a moment, 
Uh, are, do these things, these developments represent blessings or cursings? Because you know what your Bible says in Leviticus 26, Deuteronomy 28, God says, if, if you obey my commandments and, and follow in my ways, I'll just bestow all kinds of blessings on you. But if you don't, if you live and walk according to sin, the ways of sin, then you're going to bring curses upon yourself. This is what we're seeing. Even a, a radical left-wing governor, under all of these budgetary pressures, see, a state can't just print money like the federal government, like the, the U.S. Treasury can, to keep this party going for just a little bit longer until, until America's enemies abroad pull the rug out from under us and everything comes collapsing down. California is saying, you know, there is a breaking point. The system is being overwhelmed. It shows, doesn't it, just how far these communist insurrectionists are willing to go. To Donald Trump was fixing this problem. Donald Trump had the illegal immigrant flow. Uh, basically, he was, of course, he wasn't quite finished with building the wall, but everyone knew the direction he was going, and you just heard the migrant himself say, would you have come during the Trump years? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's, that's, some pretty, that's some pretty good insights into what was happening with the previous administration and what's now happening with this illegitimate one. It shows how far so many of these people that maybe have a little bit more uh, conservatism in their thinking, how far they're willing to go, how, how much they're willing to hurt ordinary Americans and the country itself in order to dump Trump. As I say, what will be the headlines later today or, or later this week if the Jan 6 committee says, yeah, I think we've got the goods. I think we've got the goods. And, and to come from Adam Schiff, I mean, how rich is that? Which one was that? Was that clip nine play, play shift? I think we've got a big problem right now with social media companies and their failure to moderate content and the explosion of hate on Twitter, um, the banning of journalists on Twitter. Um, I don't think these companies should enjoy an immunity from liability. That's the wrong, uh, wrong one. If you, I think there's a second one for Schiff. Sorry about that. I think that the evidence is there that Donald Trump committed uh, criminal offenses in connection with his efforts to overturn the election. Um, and viewing it uh, as a former prosecutor, um, I think there's sufficient evidence to, to charge the president. I, I was kind of shocked initially when I heard that, when he said he was a former prosecutor. How frightening is that? This man lies through his teeth. And there he is saying, based on evidence that we've seen out in the public, I mean, that's all that he's seen. Yeah, there's enough there for a criminal referral. There's enough, there's enough there. He's finished, right? He's finished politically, Donald Trump. Everybody has dumped Trump. He's, he's over and done with, and yet they still, they still want to go after him and put him in jail because they know in their heart of hearts that he's not finished, that he's not going away. And so how many headlines will that gather in over this next week, assuming the DOJ runs with it? You think Obama is going to somehow, some way, chase after Trump, all things Trump over the next two years in any effort possible to prevent him from even running for president. This is their goal. And look at this, going back to the Twitter files, look at the system that has been set up to attack Jeroboam, to attack Donald Trump. 
But you see all of these curses. We're just being pounded by them. And they don't care. As long as it destroys Trump, that's the main objective here. If the country goes to pot, that's fine. That's fine. So long as we can just effectively dump Trump. This was a report coming out of New York City about the mayor uh, threatening, basically, to cut social programs in order to accommodate the illegals, of all things. Clip 20. Mayor Eric Adams says there could be an influx of buses here in the city. In a statement, he says, our shelter system is full. We're nearly out of money, staff, and space. Truth be told, if corrective measures are not taken soon, we may very well be forced to cut or curtail programs New Yorkers rely on. Mayor Adams says the city has already taken in more than 31,000 asylum seekers. Yeah, we've got to cut programs, social programs. Everybody loves those. But we may have to curtail that in order to accommodate the illegals. The illegals. That's the new protected class. The criminals. We've got to protect the criminals. We've got to do everything. Listen to this shocking report coming out from... Uh, from, it's Fox News, I believe, but it's referring to an action that the governor of Oregon recently took, clip eight. Oregon Governor Kate Brown facing immense criticism from all sides after commuting all the death penalty sentences in that state with just less than a month left in office. Yes, Oregon's Democratic Governor Kate Brown called the death penalty dysfunctional and immoral. And with several weeks left in office, she used her executive clemency powers to commute the sentences of 17 inmates on death row to life in prison without parole. In a statement, the governor said, quote, I have long believed that justice is not advanced by taking a life and the state should not be in the business of executing people, even if a terrible crime placed them in prison. Even if it's a terrible crime, which these people are guilty of, if they're on death row, they're probably murderers many times over. I think one husband uh, or one father-son team blew up a building, killed two police officers on death row. But now this, this, uh, this outgoing governor, this communist, we've got to commute all those sentences and just let them live in prison. Let them live off the system from here on out. Let the state pay for them. Just like the state needs to pay for all the illegals and hopefully the social pro programs as well. The country's being destroyed through and through. How much longer is this going to continue? It, how much longer is it sustainable? Look at what, what crime is doing to our cities. I've had a section on that in my notes for days. It's destroying businesses. Businesses are closing up. Because they can't, they can't pay for the goods and services and, and sell enough to also cover all the things that are being stolen. And then the insurance claims and the broken windows and everything else. Listen to this report coming out of Denver. As I say, these illegals, they're being spread all over the country. This is clip 21. And we begin tonight with an emergency declaration in Denver as hundreds more migrants arrive in the city. And there's no telling how many more are on the way. Along with that move, Mayor Michael Hancock calling out elected officials in Washington for playing politics with the crisis at the border. Yeah, Jim, and Denver is not the only city feeling strained right now. I mean, just last week, the mayor said he hadn't heard from the federal government and hundreds of migrants had already arrived at that time. Now, if they keep coming in at the rate that they are, we're going to need a lot of federal help. Buses full of migrants have been spilling into Denver for months. Now buses are coming faster than the city can prepare. What I don't want to see 
is a local humanitarian crisis of unsheltered migrants on our hands because of the lack of resources. Cities all over this country are once again having to respond because of the failure of our Congress and federal government to address a very cr critical situation. Homeland Security claims only 100 migrants a day are entering the U.S. Video from the border suggests otherwise. This is going to continue to happen, continue to overwhelm cities all over this country until Congress works on fixing this situation. Says the mayor of Denver, uh, the mayor of New York, the governor of California. You know it's bad when these left-wing leaders start speaking out. You know how bad of a catastrophe it really is. You know the country is sick and diseased through and through. My father wrote an article, this goes back to 2009, The Radical Left and the American Constitution. This was at The Trumpet, again, if you want to subscribe to The Trumpet magazine, the 800 number, 1-866-930-3024. He says, when I saw the results of, the, of America's presidential election, it left me in a profound state of sadness, not because of uh, any one man, but because it showed what a radical turn this nation has taken it showed just how much the extreme radicals have gotten control. You're going to soon see that this is a very different America than it was before the election. He's commenting on when Obama came in the first time, back in 2008, 2009. My father says here, the Founding Fathers created the Constitution to limit the government's power because they had lived under a tyrant who decided according to his own whims what was fair for the people and what wasn't. The Constitution gave them a certain protection from evil human nature. The founders based this charter on certain biblical principles, not just human reasoning. And then it says, finally, notice this, what it says about the media. He says, the mainstream press, which is supposed to be unbiased and is supposed to be our watchman, has also become radicalized. Many of its journalists and commentators will not even consider an opposing view. See, they're right, they're right in bed with the deep state, just like it, it is with Twitter, or was. They go to great lengths to bury the serious flaws of their own candidates, and at the same time, they work actively to propagate every negative piece of information they can find to attack any opposing viewpoint. It's pretty much spot on. That's from 12, 13 years ago, tomorrow's news today. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. If you want to send us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. TD at the trumpet.com. We thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow.